Here's a little song coming from the far side of the world to uh, this side of the ocean tonight, from the Coral Reef Bands to our wonderful fans in Mali. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning into the latest episode of the Songlines and Tan Lines podcast, a place to take a momentary break from your day-to-day routine. Those returning, thank you. The support is greatly appreciated, but you know that already. Those new to this podcast, welcome. And if you like what you hear and are not a subscriber, you got it. Don't forget to subscribe. Now let's pull up the anchor and Set sail. Before I start recording today, I feel like the Grinch. The noise, the noise, all the noise, noise, noise. I just got my neighbor quiet from doing something in his yard. Then two neighbors down, somebody else popped up with their yard. So if you hear anything, that's what it is. All right, let's get into the script. Well, another week and another live song in my Summer of Live series. This time, Far Side of the World from the Live in Hawaii album. It was a song I had to feature because it is another favorite of mine. I love Jimmy's songs about far off places, songs that take you on a journey. Buffett is the best at doing that. And from Melboat Records, here's a bit more about the Live in Hawaii CD or concert. This two CD set includes 29 tracks recorded live in Hawaii in 2004. The album features guest appearances by Hawaiian music legends, including Exotica King, Martin Denny, Henry Capono, and an introduction by Don Ho. It says this CD set also comes with a bonus DVD. It's a bonus DVD, folks. Not a streaming thing. It's a bonus DVD. Really, really dates it. Containing three songs. So that's pretty cool. So if you pick up this CD, you get a nice bonus DVD. If we still have DVD players in our homes, I have a couple, but I have kids. So anyways, off on a tangent, this album has some really bangers on it too. Coconut Telegraph, Gypsies in the Palace, In the Shelter, Burn That Bridge. That's a nice one. Grapefruit, Juicy Fruit. Haven't seen that in a set in a while. We Are the People Our Parents Warned Us About. 
You get Quiet Village with Martin Denny, which is cool. Everybody's talking. Uh, Boat Drinks, Farside, Mexico again. He must have played it a lot on this tour. Margaritaville, of course. You get that great Back to the Island song. I really like this one with Henry Capono. So anyways, that is the Live in Hawaii CD in a nutshell. And the Revisit episode this week is Frenchman for the Night, another killer tune and another favorite of mine. And I say this a lot, but it truly is another favorite of mine. Let's go ahead and get into the episode. Let's get into Frenchman for the Night, written by Jimmy Buffett and Roger Guth from the album Fruitcakes. Let me first give you a bit of knowledge about four things in this song. And my French is rusty. I took classes in high school and college and spent a summer in France once in my life, but I never got fluent. I wasn't driven enough to do it, but I do love the language and I do enjoy France. And I hope to get back there again someday. Number one, Jimmy mentions the word arpeggios several times in the song. Do you know what that means? An arpeggios is notes of a chord played in succession, either ascending or descending. Number two, the line by the Beaujolais doesn't mean sitting beside the Beaujolais. It is the word B-U-Y, not B-Y. Because I found out a Beaujolais is a light red or less commonly white burgundy wine produced in the Beaujolais district of southeastern France. Number three, Jimmy says this in the song. C'est une nuit blanche, and I found out it is a reference to an all-night festival focusing on art in Paris, and it is a gigantic party with music, events, and things like that. Number four, La Vie en Rose, which literally means life in pink, is the signature song of popular singer Edith Piaf, written in 1945, just a year before Jimmy was born. The song, La Vie en Rose, was popularized in 1946 and released as a single in 1947. Thanks, Wikipedia, for that information. And here is that beautiful song. I wonder if this song has a significance in Jimmy's life. He would have been a baby when it was popular. Maybe he heard it around the home. Maybe it helped to grow his love of France and the French culture. It would leave an impression on you, especially if you heard it throughout your growing up years. Let's now settle in on a beach and listen to the music coming from a driftwood castle. From his driftwood castle, come 
It's a fabulous song from start to finish, so gentle and smooth. I've always enjoyed it, and it is easily one of my favorites by Jimmy. Probably a song I would put in a top 20 list of Buffett songs if I ever decided to give myself nightmares and create one. Let's read some lyrics and discuss the meaning of this song. From his driftwood castle comes a song I've heard before. A scratchy gramophone cuts to the bone. La Vianro's arpeggios. So the dream begins, and the song is amplified. By the Beaujolais on Bastille Day, he dances in the tide. By the light of the moon, he's a Frenchman for the night. By the light of the moon, it'll be all right. Well, it takes him back to the days of love and war, and the girl he knew with eyes of blue, waiting on the shore. If he'd only known how the years would fly on by, such a simple crime, he's run out of time, so he reaches for the sky. Right here, at this moment, when I heard those lyrics, it got my brain to wondering, and here's what I came up with. It is clear in my mind that the song is about a soldier who is reminiscing about the girl he left standing on the shore as he set sail back to America after World War II. Why do I think it was World War II? La Vie en Rose is the timestamp. That song was popular right around the time that war ended. The soldier and this woman were obviously in love and they shared some great times together. Maybe there was a promise between them that he would return, and he never did. Maybe that's the crime part of the song. It was a simple decision at the time, not going back to her. But as the years have drifted by, he realizes it was a mistake. He hates what he did to her, hates he never gave their relationship a chance. Maybe after being haunted by the memories of her and the war, he packed it all up and headed to the beach. I think when it says he's run out of time, it means it is too late to return to her, too late to amend his bad decision. He made his choice, and now he has to live with it, and that's why he's reaching for the sky, out of frustration, cursing himself and the bad choice he made. And to try and recapture a bit of the great moments with this woman, every year on Bastille Day, he buys some wine and returns to France by celebrating their national holiday. This song has been played live 30 times, first played in July of 1994, and last played in October of 2019. Thanks BuffettNews.com for that information, and thanks Jimmy for making this great song. I've loved it for years, and every time I hear this song, it stirs up many great memories of my time in France and my love for that wonderful country. J'ai terminé.
Let me drop anchor here and close out the episode. You can hear my voice talking about music on the Audible Ecstasy podcast and talking about horror on the Nightlight Tales podcast. And stay tuned after Far Side of the World plays. I'll be reading a bit more of the Tale of the Golden Pirate. Arr! And don't forget to check out the show notes where you can find all my social media areas, where to buy my books, and my Patreon page. And if you enjoy what you hear, you got it. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast. You can do that on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And I don't know if you can do it anywhere else. Maybe Audible? Anyways, if you see it, rate it. It helps the show a lot. And I want to hear your Buffett origin stories. Start sending those in to me and I will feature them on the show. That's it. Thanks for listening. Cheers and aloha. All right, back to it. You can find this story in ebook and paperback on Amazon and on my Patreon page for $1. Let's go. I'm sorry to hear that. I'll manage. You always do. Vicky seemed to be getting to the point where she wanted off the phone. Why did you call her, Parson? Why did you dredge up those old memories today? Why put yourself back into the hell you went through years ago? He couldn't answer it. I'm sorry I called. I know you have a life and all that. It's okay, Parson. It's all gasoline under the bridge. Sure. Parson tried to find a way to close it. He was in that gray area of phone calls when you realize you shouldn't have called, but there's no way out of it. Is there something troubling you? Are you dying? No, it's nothing like that. She's good, Parson thought. All these years removed and she can still read me like a book. I know you, Parson. Right. Of course, you always knew. Parsons searched himself for the reasons why he had called, the reasons why he had put himself in this awkward situation. I just want it, he trailed off for a moment, to make sure you were okay and that we were okay. You're not dying, are you, really? Because if you ruin this great Saturday with news like that, I'm going to be pissed. No, it really isn't anything like that. I'm leaving, and it might be a while. Parsons let that sit on her for a moment, and then finished it with this. I guess I just needed to know you were okay, and that we were okay. I beat myself up a lot over you since I let you get away. It was me who left, remember? Parson ignored her and continued. He knew the who, what, when, where, and why of their breakup, 
for this woman was an important part to his life and he needed official closure. And before I leave, I just wanted to talk to you one last time.